0: hello hello (laughs) how you doing RJ? uh
1: fine i I guess uh, i'm i'm it's after work here so you know and you just got up right so
0: yeah well yeah i got up at four o'clock and plus i was um I, i just recorded an episode of pragmatic last night that finished only four hours ago so i've only had about four hours sleep but that's all good
1: <laughs> this this is going to go well then <laughs> uh, it's,
0: no it's fine i've got my coffee um it's it's gradually waking my brain up it's fine <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, so that's why I got a DM, like, I guess, four hours ago from you. That's when you went to bed.
0: Yes, you got it. (laughs) you absolutely right. Yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: See, we should talk about the whole, you actually started this with Jason Snell on Pragmatic, the whole, you know, international aspect of, you know, just working with people and stuff. Yeah. I guess you covered it from a different angle. I think that's where we should start. Or should we go through my name first and then your last name? <laughs> you know, we should do that first and then we'll then we'll go into it if, if that's okay.
0: Of course, that's fine. I've, I've, no problem okay. at all. No problem. Yeah, I'm going to start out sounding a little bit groggy and then I'll be fine.
1: Yeah, well, that's that. That's how I usually am when I record with Americans.
0: American? Yeah. Oh, great. Okay.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Because I usually have to either be, stay up really late... Or just wake up at insane hours, just insane hours, like you did uh, today. So, yeah. You know. oh,
0: that's okay. That's fine. Okay.
1: It's your show, so, you know.
0: <laughs> well,
1: yeah, that's what people keep telling me. <laughs> so. Well, it
0: is. Okay, so. Well, yeah, that, that
1: is true. That is actually true. Mm-hmm. You, okay, say your name, and then I'll try and say your last name, and then we'll do mine. Okay, well, let's no, start. You, okay.
0: You, you want me to say my name, and then you're going to copy what I say? or you want to say? Oh, but that's just like cheating or something. You're supposed to have a go at my name first, and then I can say my name. Oh, crap! <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay, you see. Okay, so I'm I'm guessing, right? I'm guessing it's John Chiji. Is hey, that that that's right? It.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: That's very very good. Well done. Yeah, because we we have the Ch, obviously, right? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of easy, but the D G. Sound mm-hmm. is always a crapshoot, basically. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, that's that's the weird one. Yeah. So
0: okay, now now you go. <clears throat> okay, keeping it <laughs> keep, keeping in mind, I woke up ten minutes ago. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Angje Tomich,
1: you see, well, yeah, okay. The Tomich part was fine, right? Okay, but like the way you said Angé, which is. Ange. That's how you're supposed. Yeah, Ange. see, you, you do the "on" thing, and that's a very French. And my name actually comes from the French name Angers, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, yep. but that's a different name. Right over yep. here, we just say Angers. Ange.
0: Yeah, I see. what <laughs> see You're this? saying I did it again. Yeah, you're right. I did. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I just spent too much time in uh, in French Canada. You know, so around in Quebec. And, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: that makes so more sense I've, now. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I picked up too much of that, uh, too much of that twang. Because the funny thing was when I was over there. Um, they said, "Oh no, you pronounce your words very, very well." And I'm like, "Oh, well, thank you." I think, I guess, um, it didn't help that I could only speak about you know three or four dozen French words. <laughs> pronounce those ones okay? Apparently,
1: well, you know, that's that's pretty you know badass actually because you know French is my my girlfriend actually studies French and mm. I know nothing basically. <laughs> I just speak English. That's pretty well. Barely, but I do. You know.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> now you do. You do. You do fine. You do very, very well.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm beca- slowly becoming the Eastern European guy. You know, <laughs> I'm that
0: guy on podcasts. I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a good it's a good thing to be. Like you say, you sound a little bit like a Bond villain or something like that. So yeah, run with that. <laughs> That's fine.
1: Yeah, or Bela Lugosi, which is what Merlin <laughs> characterized my accent. as do you know who Bela Lugosi is?
0: No. <laughs> oh, see, I- <laughs> Tell me, because I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I actually pretty lucky that I actually knew who that guy was. He's the, he's a the, he's the guy that played Dracula, basically, in the oh, yeah. like in the 60s or 70s, something like that. Okay. He was in the Ed Wood movies. That's how I know about him, because oh. I watched the Tim Burton Ed Wood uh, movie with uh, uh, Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, in that there was a character called Bella Lugosi, and that's how I found out. And then when Merlin said it, I said, "Oh, okay, well, that sort of makes
0: sense." Okay, yeah, but okay,
1: fair enough. Yeah, okay. Right, so I guess my first question, five minutes in, yeah, again, uh, is, uh, who are you and what do you do?
0: Okay, uh, well, um, I'm John Chigi, and I am an electrical engineer um, by degree, but I haven't. Done as much electrical engineering. I've done more uh, instrumentation and control systems and uh, therefore the software that goes with it. So I've spent most of my career developing and industrial so- industrial control system software. So I've uh, done a little bit of electrical engineering in there as well, but predominantly that in recent years i've uh, messed around a little bit of a little bit of blogging on my site tech distortion and i've also played a little bit with podcasts but they're all this stuff i sort of do as a hobby uh my actual my actual job job is uh <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know it, it's kind of funny isn't it how people do that differentiation you know it's like you know hey i've got a job but it's a job job as opposed to playing on podcasts which is not a job job but a I mean, if you, if you draw an income from it, technically it's a job, irrespective of whether you consider it to be a serious job or a hobby. It doesn't matter. And yet, somehow we spell J-O-B job as to say, well, this is the serious one, guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. This is what I actually do. This Everything is do. else is... A, yeah. I guess some people are lucky enough to just... Uh,
1: their job is the thing that, you know, the rest of us have as hobbies, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe, yeah. So, J-O-B is then meant to denote the less desirable but higher income earning of the two.
1: Yeah. Mm. The normal one, basically.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, you walk up to someone, they've got a better chance of understanding if you're an engineer. Well, I don't know if they do, or a podcaster. Or at least they can understand you can make money from being an engineer. Anyway, I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, but explaining like just the, the concept of what a podcast is, that's where it stops. Whereas, you know, if yeah. you just say engineer, you know, well, yeah. People at least have an idea of that. People I guess. still
0: think I drive a train or something, and I'm like, this is- <laughs> I'm like, what? what seriously? No,
1: no. Okay, but what kind of like software do you actually write? Like for for what kind of I guess machinery or like w- yeah. what's the actual term? Like what what like yeah? Just explain well, that because I've never like I've heard you talk about different kinds of stuff, but the, the stuff hmm. you actually write software for. like for stuff okay. like what?
0: Okay, well. Um, I- Okay, the, the, the thing to keep in mind is that computers and control systems sort of um, deviated uh, in the 70s such that you had a, uh, have a little black, well, start as a little black box, literally a black box, uh, although I suppose they could have made it a pink, a pink box, but they decided to make it black anyway. So, black box and a bunch of wires that go into, you know, a machine and, you know, you'll have uh, an actuator that, um, you know, makes it make something open and close or turn on and off you'll have a motor that drives a conveyor belt and that can be turned on and off all through commands from the from this from this thing called a programmable logic controller or a plc for short and it has no monitor or screen or anything it's it's just it's it's for sole job as you program it to when this happens do something else and these things are designed to be you know very reliable and um yeah unlike Unlike, let's say, an operating system running, you know, like you know, uh, OS OS 10 or, or whatever version of Windows is the current one, eight point one or whatever the hell it is. Those are far less stable. They're far much more complex. But then they also have a user interface. Whereas these ones, don't, the the stuff that I work on generally doesn't. At least that's how it started. And then, of course, as computers sort of went along the way. They developed uh, SCADA systems, and SCADA is just a, a, another name for it. it. stands for a supervisory control and data acquisition. And that software sits on uh, runs on the computer, and it talks to the PLCs, and it can visualise the information in, in in the PLC. So let's say the PLC is telling a conveyor belt to run. Well, you know, there's a, a single bit maybe in the memory. And the SCADA will look at that and you can draw a pretty box on the screen or maybe something that even, you know, has a visual- visualization of a little conveyor belt turning if you really want to be fancy. And if that <laughs> if that bit is one, then you'll make that little thing, you know, look like it's moving. So, it, it, you can use it to... The way I think of SCADA is it's a window into the memory of the PLC, a window into the system.
1: Like, like what's the actual, like, what the, the little black boxes run then? Mm-hmm. Like... Whatever you want. What's the end part? Yeah, but the whatever you want
0: part is the
1: the thing I'm interested in. All right, (laughs) okay, okay.
0: (laughs) All right, all right. Think of it, anything that is automated is probably done by a PLC. So, think about every car production, mass production plant uh, in existence is pretty much run by uh, a control system. And although although there's a a more advanced offshoot of the control system that's referred to as robotics, and that's much more specialized, but... That's where you'll design a machine that has, you know, three axes of movement, and uh, it'll have a special set of attachments on the head, like a welding head attachment, or it it could just have a gripping attachment, and it's it's just meant to be more maneuverable, and you know, it's able to do specific tasks that more mimic what the human hand can do. But essentially, it's still a control system. You'll tell it to move to this point in space, and you'll give it a time, and it has a, a certain amount of you know milliseconds to get to that position. Yeah, and you've got to take into account the acceleration and make sure that you're not going to damage whatever it is that's on the end of it. So if you if you're like moving uh, tiles so uh, which is an application that I I was involved in briefly. So if you're moving tiles from one location to another location so you're stacking tiles on a stack, you know, the the amount of pressure that the vacuum is applying to for the tile to grip onto the actual head unit of the of your robotic arm needs to be such that if you move too quickly it doesn't fly off through the air. So You know, that's just one example. But I mean, I've also worked on um, water, water and uh, oil and gas pipelines, water pipelines, wastewater treatment. Seriously, yeah, seriously. Okay, that's wow. mm, Okay, (laughs) so yeah, you put these control (laughs) systems in anything that you need to control, and it's can be anything. And that's why I say, yeah, it can be anything.
1: Yeah, okay, I get that, but you know, a, a, you know, an effing oil, yeah, that's just wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, curr- I'm currently working in in the oil and gas space, and it's uh, it's a it's an interesting space um, compared to the others, shall we say. So there's a lot of rules because, of course, if you make if you get something wrong, things tend to you know explode. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you know, yeah. you have to be more careful about that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, that that was my point, sort of. Yeah, because you know. Mm. Gas and oil are flammable. I guess that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. wow.
0: When it goes wrong, it goes really badly wrong. Yeah. That's wow.
1: Mm. That's a level of pressure I've never had to deal with, I guess. Well,
0: the thing is that when it comes to projects of that size and and that, that level of risk, there's a lot of review. So, it never comes back to one individual. So, you always have lots of checks and balances to make and procedures to go through to make sure. And this is what I mean by it's different is that they take it extremely seriously because if they don't, then, you know, it's the end of their business. Whereas in yeah. water, and, water and wastewater treatment, they're a little bit more relaxed. I mean, certainly, you know, if you overdose um, on some of your, you know, dosing chemicals, you know, like um, uh, sodium hypochlorite or sulfuric acid, sure, your water's going to taste funny, but you're not going to kill anybody. <laughs> And, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and every every now and then, for example, I'd be diagnosing some problem and, you know, it had dumped too much of one chemical into the system and, you know, you hit the emergency stop and you stop it and everything else and then you look at the operator and the operator says, okay, so we're going to get a few call-ups today because people will dial in and complain, oh, my water tastes funny. And so every now and then, um, <laughs> the, actually on a water pipeline, um, what happens after a while is that they, they, they dump lime Uh, lime into the water and what that does is it 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 changes it lowers the ph because limes are yeah uh anyway point is that it builds up over a long period of time on the inside of the pipe but uh, if you put too much flow through that pipe then it'll literally come off in chunks and it comes off in chunks and those chunks tumble along break apart and they make the water turn white so instead of it being clear, the water goes this this really white white sort of like milky white color and it, it has a little bit of a strange taste to it
1: Jesus, that's because it breaks off in chunks and then it yeah, gets- lime
0: yeah lime's not lime won't hurt you lime well not not, not in those sorts of concentrations lime's not going to hurt you it's just that it tastes a little bit funny and it looks wrong i mean you like, yeah you, that, you that's a- the
1: thing but okay so but you're saying there's nothing wrong with that kind of water right I mean no when it's just slime. I did not know that. Yeah,
0: I'd rather drink that than drink water out of a out of a stream. God only knows what's in that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, seriously, um Oh I, wow. Okay. So there's uh, there's this one time I was uh doing some control modifications on a valve and unfortunately um, the previous uh, engineer that had been working on it, because I'd sort of taken over, he was on holidays, and I was I was told, oh, John, you've got to go out and commission this. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, great. So, I went out and I had a look at this, and unfortunately, he hadn't set one of the values. The valve cranked open to absolute maximum, as in fully open. And this thing had 100 metres of head pressure behind it. So, the water went literally from about 300 litres a second up to about 800 litres a second in the space of about 10 seconds. And <laughs> that th- turns out... <laughs> turns out. That is not actually a good thing. And anyway, so for the rest of that day, um, the whole pipeline, the water had gone a little bit milky white. Anyway, so the, the funny part of it was I didn't realize this until, of course, I go home. And I go home and we, my water supply uh, that for my house actually comes from the pipeline, comes off the pipeline that I was working on. <laughs> so, guess what color the water was when I got home? And I sort of said to my wife, said, honey, um, I think I may have turned the water white. Anyway, she thought that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> anyway, okay, gee, I did okay. I just learned about seven things in there. But yeah, okay, awesome. So, how do we transition into podcasting now?
0: Like,
1: uh, uh, like, how? Why? Why do we know each other? I'm gonna ask you that question.
0: Uh, I'm gonna like- blame this there's this strange guy that does a lot of phys- philosophical discussion called Zach Zaichi and um, yes. <laughs> and when he was on uh when he was on this podcast called Storming Mortal, I thought, hey, this is like a heavy metal podcast or something I don't know so anyway <laughs> so i have a I have a listen and uh, I've listened to every episode since, so oh, that's thanks. how I know yeah. you yeah Whereas next question, how do you know me? <laughs>
1: Well it's I think the answer's pretty much the same mm. although I don't know I think no it's actually probably because of Ben and uh when I was on pulling the string and stuff I think ah, that's what yeah. I Yeah I think that's sort of how I found pragmatic I think okay like I don't even keep track anymore at this point
0: you know Yeah it's but been I, it's been oh, 8 months now something like that 7 months Yeah probably yeah, yeah and it's fantastic. still it's
1: still like like messes with my mind that I know People from Australia, like, that's just, <laughs> it's still that's still weird to me. Yeah, because you know, uh, no. So okay, so okay. Before we get into podcasting and all of that stuff, and you know, we're, we're going to talk about shows. I don't want to talk about the mechanics of it because that's boring. Okay. Yeah. But b- b- before we do that, that the thing you talk with Jason, I'm going to put that uh, that uh, ap- uh, pragmatic episode into the show notes. But sure, like how do you see that? Because you're the guy from Australia, and when you touch the whole, you know, tech corner of the internet it's predominantly americans right sure i mean that's that's sort of how i see it so like what's that
0: like for you with the time difference and everything else see the thing is we talk about this on and off the the whole time zone problem and i mean it is a problem i even did um i touched on it briefly on an episode a couple episodes of pragmatic now it's just for me, it's something that I've already been dealing with um, before podcasting. So, if you go back to when I worked at Nortel back in ninety seven sorry, when I was there, we were working across multiple offices. The, the predominantly we were working between Cal because I was living in Calgary, or well, based in Calgary predominantly. Although I spent a bit of time living in Ottawa and a little bit in Richardson in Texas, but the truth was that there were different time zones there. Plus, we had an office in uh, Maidenhead in England. So I was and of course I was calling home to you know my family back in Australia at the time. So I got very used to getting my head around time zones uh before podcasting even existed. It was one of those things that um you know you could make a phone call to the other side of the world. It was not it was not a, a new thing. It's just now that more more and more people are getting uh involved with podcasting and they realize the whole issue of trying to line up a time it's not it's annoying. <laughs> uh not <laughs> You know, because I, I sort of reached this realisation that if I want to have conversations with these people and talk about the things that I want to talk about with them, I'm going to have to get up at stupid o'clock and have that discussion. And you know what? That's fine. It's not my fault. In Well, I say it's not my fault. I guess really it isn't my fault that I was born in Australia, that, yeah, you know, I now live in Australia. I mean, I lived in North America for two and a half years. Uh, if I was podcasting then, probably would have been a bit easier. But, you know, hey, I wasn't. So, um no. You know, I did choose to come back to Australia when I when when everything went south at Nortel, but the truth is that you know the world the world is the way it is. You know, you can't change that. And besides, there's also people that are really weird, and you know, they're up at like two or three in the morning, like Guy English. So you know, go Guy.
1: That is true. Yeah, and Joe Steele. Yeah, like, I don't know enough. when that guy sl- sleeps. Like,
0: yeah, and, I... and Zach's another example. I mean, they, I don't get it. They they have this weird sleeping pattern. For me, I traditionally have gone to sleep at night and woken up in the morning. That was until I became a podcaster, and now i don 't know anymore
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh,
0: yeah,
1: uh, I can totally relate <laughs> to that, mm. uh, but okay, but in terms of like the audience, how do you see that who 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 is your stuff for? Do you know what I mean like yeah. when you do it because like who is it for like do you have a uh, an image in your head of the people you'd like for uh, to listen to your stuff
0: yeah, i sort of. I- i don't i'll be honest i don't overthink that and the reason that i don't is well like i said i lived there for two and a half years uh, when i was living in calgary i worked with a lot of americans and of course uh, oddly when i was working in texas i worked with a lot of americans um <laughs> yeah isn't it funny that and then when i was working in australia in australia uh, my first job out of university a company in sydney called com 10 and you know my my boss was a uh, was from boston and you know, then when, when I was in working at Boeing, we had several Americans where I currently work. I have, there's several Americans I'm working with. I've been working with Americans on and off for a very long time. And I really don't, I don't see, I, I just don't see an any kind of nationality thing. I it's like, you know. You see, but uh, that's, that's the interesting
1: part to me because mm. I think like that sort of, even for me with my English side, right, it's, that sort of goes away. Like, I thought that would be harder to achieve, if you know yeah. what I mean. Like, to just yep. sort of, just think of it, the internet, as the place where this stuff is, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I just always figured it'd be tougher. But I, I'm i seeing this more and more. Like, people just put stuff out. I guess it has to be in English if you want to, you know, uh, do stuff for the Western audience. But, you know. Yeah that that's as far as it goes and i always figured it'd be there'd be more barriers somehow mm. and like i just get people talking like like you even you know you just like we're talking and to yeah. me it still feels sort of wrong basically. it's crazy like,
0: it's crazy yeah it's, it is yeah it is it's crazy in a good way but i mean the, the thing is uh, you look at the world and how, how much of it speaks english either as their first or their second language and you know it's it enables so many things I absolutely love the internet. I think it's incredible, and the fact that you and I are even able to do this at all uh, is extremely cool. So, um, the other piece that occurs to me though, when you ask me the question about you know how do I see you know my audience is, I, I will try to temper things like temperatures and distances and, and, and weights, and try and <laughs> try and give them in both values. So, you know, I'll give it in kilograms and pounds if I've if I've prepared well. You can usually tell when I've run out of time preparing because I will only quote them in one set of, um, you know, imperial or metric units, and yeah, you're sort of you can nod knowingly to yourself as in the audience as you're listening and thinking, yeah, John didn't 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 uh, didn't get enough prep, prep time on this one. So anyway, <laughs> well, I think you should just do it in metrics because you know. That's... Yeah, well, you would say that, wouldn't you, <laughs> Ben? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the one that makes
1: sense yeah,
0: right? yeah, well, you're right, it does make sense I mean, honestly It's
1: the, yeah, the pound thing and the ounces And it's it's all made up It's It's, just, it's like
0: base 10 It's base 10, guys, you know, come on <laughs> It's so simple. Sorry. Just move the decimal point. You know, as soon as you start doing this crazy stuff with, you know, anyway. But it's it's fine. It's fine. But you know what? I don't mind because when, I, like I said, when I was over there, Canada's this weird mixture of the two. So the distances are in kilometers, but the weights are, of a lot of things are in pounds. So you'll go and you'll get butter, and the butter's like four hundred and fifty-four grams, and you're like, that's an extremely weird number, okay? And it turns out that's X number of pounds, and I'm like, oh, right now I get it. <laughs> Yeah, and the drinks will be... what They'll be like 330 mils as opposed to 375 mils. So, 375 mils is like three-eighths of a litre or whatever that is, I think. And um, 330 mils is, um, I don't know, is it 20 fluid ounces or... Uh, not 20, Um, 8 or 12 fluid ounces, something like that. Yeah,
1: I, think so, I, yeah, think I think it's 8. Yeah, I think it's 8. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah right. it's 8. So... You know, it's, it's just crazy stuff like that. So it's like it'll be in metric, but it's a crazy metric figure because it's based on the North American size, size. And all they do is they'll make it in a common factory that can be sent anywhere, and the label will be written in both both values. And, uh, you know, it's a cost-saving. At least that was my theory anyway. I don't I don't really have any evidence of that, but that's what I think it must <laughs> do. I don't know. That's what I'd do.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that that that's the one that makes sense. Yeah. Because over here, the equivalent of that over here is where because we... We, we're in this weird situation in Slovenia because we, we're sort of, we're actually Central Europe, but we're associated with the Eastern Europe mostly. Yeah. So the big brands, like they have factories for like Western Europe and for Eastern Europe, right? Mm-hmm. So you get products that have the labeling on it. It's like usually it's, uh, you know, it's uh, Slovene and then it's like French and English and all of the Western European countries. And then you have the same product just from a different distributor, right? But mm-hmm. it's from the Eastern European plant. Right. So you'll have, you know, Slovene and Serbian and Croatian and Polish and stuff like that. And right. there's actually a difference because there's this big thing where, you know, Nutella, the, you know, the chocolatey
0: spread thing. hazelnut spread, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, the, the Western European one is better than the Eastern European one. <laughs> and we <were> just, <laughs> okay. That sounds wrong, but it actually is. Like I've tasted both at the same time. And like there's people that think it's just in your head, but it's actually a different product it's the labeling oh, wow. is the same just the languages are, are different there. 'Cause oh, there that, because that, okay. that's the weird thing here yeah I don't know why I told you that just then but that's all because you like a, Nutella oh I who I, doesn't like I,
0: Nutella
1: I, Right? yeah I <laughs> I've stopped eating it during uh, the winter because it's oh, just okay. pointless it's just just <laughs> doing like it's just, yeah yeah because I just eat the whole thing and it's yeah, just, it's, yeah. it yeah, gets it's a bit weird
0: like, yeah it's a bit <laughs> it gets weird yep <laughs> god <laughs> Oh dear! All right, fair enough. Because you, right. you're one of these people that sits there with a spoon and literally just eats it with a spoon, right? That's what you do. Yeah, I'm one of the, Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: that's why I, I don't want to buy it. Yeah, yeah you like those. my
0: wife? Gee, she does that. I'm mean, like, come on! It's supposed <laughs> to know. go on your bread. You just get a knife and you put on the bread and then you eat it like you're yeah. supposed to. Oh. All right. All yeah, right. I know.
1: <laughs> I, again, that's why I don't buy it. All right, we're talking about Nutella now, which is you know fine.
0: That's fine. For yeah. stolo- uh, no, that's
1: fine. <laughs> no uh, <problem. laughs> Uh, okay, so l- let's talk about Pragmatic for a second, because th- you do this show where you explain stuff like you did at the beginning of this show. Right. That I had no idea of how that stuff works. Mm-hmm. So just pitch the show. So when people hear this, if they haven't listened to it, I'm like specifically talking about people in Slovenia, because I think it's a great show, but like, just pitch it
0: for what it is, and then I have a couple of questions. But just, okay. yeah, go. All right, well. What I, what I try to do with, with Pragmatic is I'll take a topic, usually, usually a technical topic or a topic that affects uh, technology in some way, and I like to break it down and try and go through each of its components and explain the reason why it is the way it is and try and come out of it with something practical that people can take away from the podcast and apply in their life every day. Sometimes it's obvious, like uh, for example, in the battery problem, I looked at uh, solar solar energy, for example, solar power and alternative energy. That's something you could go away from and say, right, you know what, I'm going to go through and I'm going to check how much power everything consumes in my house, and I'm going to, you know, get solar panels put on my roof or, or whatever. You know, that's something practical and actionable. Another one's a little bit less tangible, um, but most recently though, also I had um, Jason Snell guested on the show and you know, we talked about writing and, and there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Jason went, and I went through regarding, you know, how to get your stuff published if you want to get into tech writing uh, and, you know, good way, good good practices for writing. So I try to, to have something... I, I, what I didn't want when I did Pragmatic, what I didn't want is I didn't want to have a show where I just complained about everything and that was the end of the show. I wanted to actually have a point at the end of it and say, well, you know what? Th- this is how you could use this. This is how you can apply this. This is, you know, been worth your time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Whether I succeed or not, I don't know, but that's what I try to do.
1: Well, yeah, you, you do succeed, you know, because, like, the memory episode was just, I... Yeah, how did that come about? Like, you choose, you, you have a we-
0: weird, strange range of topics. You do know that, right? Yeah, I do, I do. And, and the reason that it's... <laughs> if you look closely and you, you think about what other people talk about on on tech podcasts, um, I specifically don't cover the topics that most other people cover. And the reason that I do that is because I feel like everyone else has done them to death. I mean, how many times... I steer clear of things like current events and, oh, Apple released X today. I may mention them in passing, but that's never the main topic of the episode. It'll always be something related to it, but not specifically that. Because there's that many people out there talking about it. Do I really need to talk about, you know, the smartwatch that just came out or something? To me... You know, I want to cover the stuff that no one else is co- is talking about or very few others are talking about. And there are engineering podcasts out there, but the problem that I've got with a lot of them is that they're all very, I don't know, inside baseball. They all... The entry level to understanding them is very high. Don't get me wrong, they're great for me, certainly knowing the lingo, but I don't want to produce a podcast like that because you know that has a very narrow audience and frankly you know that doesn't really all I'm doing is I'm talking to people that already know what I'm talking about as opposed to yeah. you know talking to people that are interested to know what I'm talking about but ordinarily they couldn't listen there's a there's another podcast I listen to called The Engineering Commons and uh, and it's 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 wonderful but I mean if you're not an engineer um you know try listening to it I mean they, they they talk about all sorts of stuff in there that's very very technical but it's um which I love but you know it's I would say that the entry level is much higher so I try not to I try to yeah try to keep it at a level that that's not quite that intense if that makes sense,
1: yeah, well, yeah, because you try and make it for you know normal people like me, not somebody with an engineering degree you know
0: yeah, well that's right i mean i don't want to, I don't want the entry level to be you must have an engineering degree to understand what i 'm talking about i just don't I want that. if and if that ever happens, then you know it's time to end the show so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a political science degree and
1: I love your show.
0: So, you know, oh, that. Thank,
1: you. <laughs> thank you. You have that going for you. Well, all right. <laughs> you <know. laughs> yeah, not, not just a political science degree. I uh the 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 actual uh, uh path in there was uh public administration and uh policy analysis.
0: So, you know, that sounds okay. fancy. That sounds you know. different, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know why why I have a sort of tech podcast and why I'm a tech writer.
0: Nobody knows, really. I was going to ask that. Shouldn't you be, like, analyzing some kind of, um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) What do you do? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, So now now I'm in your shoes, right? You're like, what do you do? Who are you and what do you do? And I'm like, hang on, hang on. I thought I knew who you were.
1: Yeah, no I'm the I, I I'm oh well, I am many things at this point I think but okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm the online editor of a uh, you know I guess a political magazine now okay which also has the same publisher also owns the tech magazine where I that I write for
0: okay and I do many podcasts how many I've always wondered and I never counted
1: uh, <laughs> well it's three I guess oh okay but my, yeah the network I run has eight shows on it. But mm-hmm. I am not on the other uh, five shows.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I've I been
1: a ga- guest on a couple of them. But yeah,
0: yeah, and based on everything that I've I've understood uh, when we when we talk on Skype, you're actually because Slovenia is a, in relative terms a smaller a smaller area to cover. Um, yeah. You tend to interview people face to face rather than via Skype. Is that that's generally the case as well? Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think
1: yeah. like the, the, the ones that I've done over Skype was basically you guys, you know, the yeah. foreigners and, yeah, with uh, yeah. yeah, and a couple of guys in Slovenia that I okay. knew had a mic and stuff, you know, sure. that, would, that it actually would sound good.
0: Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, funny thing is here, I've never actually interviewed someone face to face. Mind you, none of my podcasts have actually interviewed podcasts, but um, you know what I mean? I've never actually done a podcast recording. With someone in the same room as me. So, that would be like completely f- weird to me. Oh, hang on a minute. Do, should I look at you right now? What's appropriate? Oh, it's, a, it's actually
1: better in a couple of ways. But, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. it's easier over here because we're small,
0: you know. Mm. Well, yeah. that's fine. That's good. It's all good. Yeah, well, that's, that's See, it's Australia, not a bad thing. We have a small population, but we're spread everywhere. So, over in a ridiculously large area. So, you know. It's a it's a different kind of problem. Mm. Yeah, I want to talk to you about Australia actually,
1: because I do this thing on this show where you know I just talk to people about the places where they live, because I, yeah. I I think I get like and even my listeners get more from somebody who just lives there and yep. it's not like you know the, the vice president of the tourist board or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <The>, yeah. <laughs> so so. Okay, this is this a weird question I have, but I actually have it written down, so just bear with me. The elections over there, because we just had an election here, right? Oh, yeah. And we had, like, really low turnout and stuff because it was, an uh, I guess, an extraordinary, I don't know what it's called, but it's it, they came early. Like, the elections came early. Oh, yeah, right, uh, right. So, yeah, so they, they were during the summer, and, you know, people have holidays and stuff, and it was really, like, low turnout. And you guys have mandatory voting, right? Yes, we do. Okay, so how does that work in practice if you actually didn't show up to vote? Like, what would actually happen?
0: Okay, well, it's it's, it's pretty straightforward, really. When you turn 18, uh, okay, so when you're born, you get a birth certificate that says, hey, you were born, and this is your name and date of birth, and these were your doctors, and this is where it was, and blah blah, 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 all that other rubbish. So they know who you are, okay? They can find you, I guess. <laughs> anyway... So, um, I'm making it sound like a Gestapo thing, but look, the truth <laughs> yeah. is that, you know, they, they keep track of who everyone is. So, when you turn 18, then you are required to vote. And once you register to vote, uh, they, your name goes on a magic list. And if you don't register, you get into a lot of trouble uh, because they can track you down and they will track you down. So, you register and once you're, one, once you're on that list, it's a simple thing of, you know, you show up at any old voting booth that you would like. And I say voting booth, it's like, so they'll use, uh, you know, like uh, churches or community halls or schools, typically, a lot of schools, uh, public schools. And, you know, you'll go in there and go into a little, you know, cardboard voting box that they they put together like a, you know, little little Lego set anyway. And um, you vote. But in order to get the voting slip, you have to go up to the front and say your name and usually show your driver's license to prove you are who you say you are. And then but you can do
1: go, is- wait, but you can go into any like voting station? You yeah. don't, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be the one where you live. Like you can go
0: to any of them? Well, you. Uh, in yes, you can. You're supposed to go to the one in your local area, however. And uh-huh. if, you, if you don't, then they mark your name off differently. But if you're in your local area, then they'll have a list of everyone within a certain number of hundred kilometers or whatever of your location on a massive list. And so they'll literally go through, and they'll get a ruler out, and they'll you know put a line through your name, and say, right, you've voted. Here's your well, you haven't voted, but you've shown up. Um, you're crossed off the list, and here's something—a piece of paper you can now fill out and vote. So you go and do that, and you you know you go into a booth, and you you know fill in the form, then you put t- fold it up and tuck it into the box as you walk out. It's anonymous insofar as they d- can't match up your name with what you voted. However, uh, you know obviously they know that you showed up to vote. So, And that's how they figure out if you didn't. So if you don't uh-huh. go to any voting booth and don't get your name marked off or written down or noted that you were there, then they'll go through that list. They'll go through the registered voter list and they will figure out uh, that you didn't show up and they will, f- they will fine you. As in, they'll find you and they'll fine you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's both. And, and then you, you're up for a few hundred dollar fine or so on. Yeah, and- oh,
1: so It's a few hundred uh, Australian dollars. That's yeah, I- the fine.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a few hundred dollars. I've never been fined. Okay, I'm a good boy. I always vote. But, you know, <laughs> but yeah, people do this thing. It's it's a uh, it's a silent protest. It's a bit sad and pathetic to be perfectly honest. But you know they 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 get a kick out of it. And you know, hey, that's the nature of freedom. People can do what they want, even if it's you know like pointless and stupid. So here we go. What you, they do is well, I don't really want to be here. Hands on hips. So I'm going to go and vote invalid. So you know it says tick one box. And there's, there's five boxes. It says tick one box, let's say. So, you'll go, they'll, yeah. they'll go and tick every box or they won't tick any boxes at all. Or they'll put crosses in the boxes or they'll write you know, a diatribe or a poem or something and then they'll submit that. So, they, they essentially showed up, got their name crossed off so they wouldn't get fined and then did not vote a valid vote. And then they walk out again. And I'm like, what what the where what the, Why? <laughs> you can't make me vote. And I'm like, well, they did. They made you show up. They made you walk there. You're just the idiot that didn't fill it in properly. But,
1: uh, anyway <laughs> no that's so awesome because there's this whole like every time we have a low turnout here right mm. that that's the conversation like at some point there's a guy on the news saying we should have mandatory voting and and then there's another guy that says well yeah that's fine but we should the the one of the boxes you sh- you should be able to tick is basically the i don't give an f <laughs> yeah that's,
0: box, that's right? it i don't I do. Not, I choose not to participate.
1: Yeah, basically, and that's why. Well, yeah, that's basically what you described. Right, just somebody yeah. writing a poem on the thing and just doing that. But seriously, that's so. That's one of the. That's why I wanted to talk to you about this because it's you actually have that there and like stuff. You, know, you guys are okay, right? Mm. I mean, it's well, like,
0: thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but I think like was there ever a debate? And I'm sorry for putting this on you because you're just no, an Australian, yeah. you know. But yeah, like, was it. there ever a debate there where it's where that uh, where, where mandatory voting was sort of you know was considered too creepy with the government, like you said, you know, having a list and stuff, and you know, basically making you do your duty, I guess, democratic duty.
0: Like, was there ever a debate about that? I. I'm not aware of one. So far as I know, it's the way it's always been, but then I'm, you know, I would, for my entire lifespan, you know, it's like what, nearly 38 years now, that's all I've known. So there may well have been a time where that was not the case, but I don't believe it. I don't believe so. I believe it since we've had elections that they've been mandatory. So oh. th- at least that's what I believe, and and I mean there's been all sorts of you know debate slash well I'd, you'd call it a referendum, but wouldn't that be hilarious? Here I'm going to hold a referendum that's not mandatory about whether or not <laughs> referendum should be mandatory. Um, <laughs> yeah, that could work. <laughs> no, so you know, uh, but anyway, now seriously though, they'll have referendums on on topics like oh do you want daylight saving? You know, and then you say no, and then they say that's too bad, we're going to put it in anyway. Um,
1: Oh, it's that's. I think that's the, it, that's the same everywhere. We've we, we have, yeah. we've had a bunch of them. And over here with the referendums, since they're
0: not mandatory, like 9% of the voting public actually shows up.
1: Yeah. They're just well, with, pointless.
0: Yeah. So what they do with the referendums here is they'll 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 tack them on to an election. So if there's a local government election or a state government election or a federal election, they'll hold off the referendum and they'll just simply tack it on the end so that you don't have to go especially. And if you look at it, it's, it works out, you go to vote roughly once a year. So you yeah, uh, know s-
1: You see, yeah, but over so, yeah. here there is a new law that mm. basically makes that impossible because there is a quorum now for the referendums because the, like the political parties basically just use them for you know uh, political points. They just put stupid questions up there because the the. Okay. You know, the you just needed I don't know like forty thousand signatures to get a referendum or something like that. I'm not sure about the exact number, but it's a low threshold, right? Okay. So now there's a quorum, so a, a certain number of people actually need to show up and vote for the thing your referendum meaning, right? Okay. And yeah, and because that's the case, you can't do at the same at the same time as the election so it has to be a separate thing which costs more oh, man, that's like, yeah, sucks. Just, well yeah, yeah but it's better because now there's less of a chance that they'll actually go through because before we had some really stupid ones, right? Well, like, like some you, really- you can only
0: get Nutella from Western Europe because it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Well, that Stuff makes like sense. That. That's sensible. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, yeah. <laughs> that would be an awesome box to tick, basically. Yeah, well, get, get on it then. Add yeah, yeah, so-
0: your local member or whatever they do. have <laughs> you do that, these are over there. So, <laughs> sorry.
1: That would, be, that would actually not be that out of place. Probably, I think.
0: If yeah, you're starting to worry me. I was, I was kidding, and you know, well, hang on, that could work.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't put ideas into my head, John. Just don't.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll behave.
1: Okay. So, about like, which part of Australia are you from? Because the closest thing I could find of any note was Brisbane, Brisbane. Brisbane?
0: No, you got it right first time, Brisbane. We, oh, we Brisbane. call it Brisbane. Yeah, a lot of people oh, okay. call it Brisbane, and it's I understand why because if you take the Bris off the front, it looks like Bane. Out of um, you know, uh, Batman. God, Batman. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, <clears throat> God, and I'm not going to do a Bane voice. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes no. I'm not. Anyway, all right. So not, I live don't. it. Yeah, no, I'm not. Moving on. I grew up in a town called uh, Rockhampton, which is a uh, literally a small country town. And I say small country town. I mean, it had about fifty five thousand people when I was living there. So if you call that a country town, I mean. You drive west for about six, seven hours from, from Rockhampton and you get to a place called uh, Barkholden. And out of Barkholden, they've got about, oh, I don't know, 300 people. That's a country town to me. But, okay. you know, now I live in Brisbane. Brisbane has about one and a half million people within the Brisbane city limits. And uh, it's up to about three million if you include uh, what they call Greater Brisbane, which includes the uh, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast and... Uh, um, yeah, it, that, that's, yeah, that's that's well, a fair bit more, but it's a much bigger area. So anyway, point is that from a Brisbane point of view, Rockhampton is a small country town. It's all relative, but in any case, I lived in I live on the east coast of, of Australia. Like the vast majority, I think it's something stupid like eighty five percent or something of Australia's population uh, live on the east coast, and it's all and, and it'd be almost a hundred percent if it wasn't for Perth on the other side, because Perth just got over a million people living in it um but apart from that there's nothing in western australia like no one else lives over there there's hardly anyone so you know like why well because there's nothing there (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah but there's a coast there right oh sure
0: and it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful but you know so i did some work uh at a little place called um exmouth which you know i challenge you to find that on a map but anyway (laughs) it's in um it's in western australia it's around about the tropic of capricorn or thereabouts anyway and um if you find on a globe, and as we're flying in, uh, because, yeah, you're flying in in these uh, uh, old turboprop Hawker de Havilland's, and as you're flying in, uh, relatively, not that high, because it's it's a turboprop, it's not a jet, so you're flying in, and you're not too high up above the ground, really, uh, and you see the the beautiful waves of uh, sand dunes in the desert, and it's a red desert, and it's just, it's breathtaking, but it's barren, and, then you see the colours change, and it's now a far more golden sand or a white sand, and you realise, oh, okay, that's the ocean. So the ocean literally backs on to a desert, and oh,
1: shit. oh, wow,
0: yeah, okay. So uh, f- and there's vast sections of Western Australia that are just that are just desert. It's a huge area. This is desert. So you know, but where the money is in Western Australia is in the the mining because there's a lot of iron ore and they'll extract the iron ore from the hills and they'll ship it well they'll take it by train down to the coast put it on a boat and then send it to china usually cuz china buys the majority of our of our raw materials yeah you know, and then they they melt it down and then make make you know crummy steel and we buy the crummy steel back from them so hey presto you know but anyway <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Look, That's just that's economics, right? And and for whatever reason they that it's more expensive to make steel in Australia because, you know, people demand higher salaries and therefore, you know, so in the past, like you go back probably 30, 40 years and that was the other way around. So Australia would make all of its own, you know, steel or if not all of it, most of it. Whereas now that's not the case anymore. So anyway. Um so yeah, but but that's it really. There's nothing else attracting people except the minerals. So, oh, okay. you know, yeah, whereas with Perth, it's in the south, uh, sorry, yeah, it is the south, southwest corner of the state, pretty much, on the Swan River, and uh, it's beautiful and green, but it is the exception. So, that, that whole corner, that whole southwest corner of Australia is uh, has got a beautiful coastline and nice forests, and it's beautiful, temperate, uh, sort of, you know, temperatures, lovely. However, you go much north of there, and it's just a little bit barren, so there's nothing else there, really just desert I mean there's yeah there's there's the wheat belt okay you got I got big vast flat areas where they grow wheat before it turns into a desert but frankly you know <laughs> yeah that's not much that's not much of yeah. an improvement in terms the, the, of the tourism the, uh, it's like here come to West <laughs> Australia look, out, look at the wheat fields yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's the, that's, the, that's, the, that's on the CNN commercial <laughs> yeah that's
0: it it's whoever the tourism board loses their job if they do that but anyway
1: Okay, then one more thing that I actually found from Australia, which mm. I thought was hilarious, and then I, I've sort of never seen it again. It's uh, okay. the the Chaser,
0: the, oh, the, the Chaser ca- War on everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Like, like the, the people actually watch that over there. Well, I'm just
0: asking. The qu- Could- quote, the people watch. <laughs> okay, end quote. Uh, I am not one of those the people that watch it. Um, okay. I find it to be. An infuriating show.
1: I... <laughs> okay, we should explain what it is.
0: Well, it's a <laughs> what is it though? It's a, it's a bunch of guys running around annoying people. I think isn't that what it is?
1: <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, but they do have their moments. Right? Yeah, um, I know do... they
0: have their moments, but I just I find it's like. Uh, okay, so imagine a gri- This this is the weird part. Okay, so there's a state-run media uh, section. Now that's the ABC, the Australian. Broadcasting Corporation, yeah, it's it's analogous to the BBC, you know, from from the UK, the British Broadcasting um, Corporation. So, yeah, you know, and it, it, when I say it's analogous, it's it's kind of like a carbon copy. So yeah. they get all their funding from taxpayers' money, and you know, they they produce all their own content and so on. Okay, nothing really extraordinary.
1: We, we have we have the same model, so yeah,
0: yeah, okay, cool. So there you go. Uh, of course, you also have commercial stations that are doing the whole commercial thing, and you know, they they'll run ads on their networks and. Yeah, and so on to, to raise their money to produce shows and buy shows. Almost all of them from America, and you know, and so on. But the point is that um, the Chasers War and everything is a show that was from the ABC, and it, the concept, as I understand it, and you've got to realise I've only watched a handful of episodes because I couldn't stand it. So if I if I mangle this, you know, uh, please email Anjou. Don't 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 email me. So. Um, which, and I, I shamelessly ripped that off, Marco, because, well, apparently it doesn't actually work. So, anyway, you, you say people don't email me and instantly they think, I need to email you now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, never mind. Uh, so, right. So, the chasers walk, it's a, it's a bunch of people that go around and, and, and harass or sort of get in the, in the face of a bunch of other people. And they'll, they'll, they'll crash, like, certain events and, and go up to, they have no, no problem walking right up to the Prime Minister and just asking them insane questions and, and 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 pranking sometimes they'll do pranks on some people and yeah and it's all filmed and then goes onto the tv and yeah uh, i don't know i don't (laughs) get it i don't don't like i don't like that sort of thing but you know whatever
1: (laughs) to each their own well yeah so you're the you're the guy that likes crocodile dundee that's the other (laughs) extra hey what's wrong
0: i like crocodile dundee's funny but see, the thing is, I spent when I because in Rockhampton, we were about two blocks, two city blocks away from the bush, and I used to go bushwalking all the time. You know, it'd be this the thing you do on the weekend, you know, get your backpack, put some food in it, and uh, a drink, and compass, and just just go. You know, this is before mobile phones, this is before, you know, any of that stuff. And when I got a bit older, I carried around a CB radio in case I got into trouble, but, you know. And I just, I used to just go and I love watching, you know, the first two Crocodile Dundee movies anyway. For the portions that they're in Australia, it's just, it's brilliant because it's, you know, it's my backyard. And it's not often that you see, you know, the backyard, uh, my backyard in Australia on film. You just don't. You know, on a, certainly not in a popular movie like, like Crocodile Dundee was. Mind you, it's getting on a bit now. Jeez, it's what, 25?
1: Oh, yeah, 25 mm, easily. Yeah. It was uh, the 80s, right? So it was. Yeah, that's yeah right. I think yeah. yeah, it was the 80s, but yeah, yeah. not far back, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I, 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 yeah, thank you, you know, John, for that, you know, extensive Australia.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no problem.
1: Yeah, that should be a pamphlet, you reckon? Okay. Yeah, I think I think so. You know, with the don't go to the west
0: uh, (laughs) part of the country. If you're going to go to the west, all I'm saying is all there is is Perth. Okay, unless you like you know wheat fields and desert. But yeah, if I had to recommend a part of Australia to go to that's beautiful that I think is really beautiful, I'd suggest Tasmania because. Yeah, it's a beautiful much cooler climate and it's just you yeah, beautiful beautiful forests everywhere and you know it's it's not busy it's just it's like, I mean the capital city of Hobart is you know a, it's a little bit bigger than Rockhampton but you know it's just you know this it's not a hectic pace the rush hour doesn't last long it's it's just <laughs> you know it's nice whereas you know Brisbane's you know freeways and tunnels everywhere bridges and you know massive train network and which I'm right on every Bloody day, pretty much. And, you know, lots of people, noisy. So, I, I live out away from that. I live out. I've got an acreage north of Brisbane. So, we're about 56 kilometers north of the CBD in Brisbane. So, we're a fair distance out. but And it's lovely and quiet up here. But I pay for that because it was a long commute. Yeah. Anyway. How long is your commute? Uh, it's an hour and a half each way.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah, it is insane. That, like,
1: no, see, that's over here. You can... Well, not the whole country... Mm. but like three quarters of it. Like you, you, that, you, that's it. It's yeah. well, on the highway, good... it's an hour and a half.
0: That's yeah. pretty much it. If I, t- if I drove my car into the city at stupid o'clock, like I'm going to do today, actually, by the way. Um, I'm oh, driving okay. in today, just for a change. It's like the first time in a month I've driven in. But anyway, I'm going to drive in. I can do the trip in 48 minutes. So the problem is the public transport. So the public <laughs> transport stops at too many bloody stations. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, there used to be a super express that ran, and and they they changed the timetable, and that just makes me angry, and blah blah blah. But anyway, whatever. I chose to live this far out. I keep telling myself, so I got to stop complaining at some point in my life.
1: <laughs> you, um what? However bad your uh, train situation is, the mm. trains over here are probably worse. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Now we can move to your
0: hardware and software. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's the So what Slovene... the, train, the trains just don't show up. Is that it?
1: Well, no. Well, they do show up. The timing is sort of. But
0: Nobody I knows. mean, with Slovenia, is it uh, is it uh, small enough that you could just walk everywhere? <laughs> that. that that's no, I'm, I'm being. I'm being um, no, but that
1: sorry. that's actually we like the highway system is mm. pretty much built now. Right, the last ten okay. years, they, we, we build this huge cross across the whole country, the whole chicken, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, because it looks like a chicken. Yeah, uh, I know. So, I've been listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the the car is now the you know mode of transportation basically.
0: Because
1: okay. from where I am in Ljubljana, that's that center almost, right, of the country. Yep, you yep. can go to you know, you can go to the mountains and it's forty minutes, and to the seaside and it's fifty minutes, and that's it.
0: Nice. Like you don't
1: need to, you know. That, yeah, that's the that's the perk. Basically, you mm. have everything about an hour away. Everything, yeah.
0: like the flatlands, yeah. the mountains, the seaside, like the forests, everything's an hour away. Well, we're, I'm kind of similar actually where I live because I, I can drive for about um, about 40 minutes and I'm up into the mountains around the the Dagula Range, and um, it's just lovely up there. And it's in summer, it's a great place to go because it's usually about oh, I don't know maybe maybe five degrees cooler uh, in the, up in the mountains than it is down at uh, where I am I'm'm I'm not I'm not that much above sea level uh, but there's no direct uh, road to get me straight out there if I were to go straight uh, to the east so I have to drive a little bit north or a little bit south to get to the coast but it's it's about 25 minutes drive and I'm I'm at a uh, an ocean beach so depending oh, awesome. on which way I go yeah depending on which way I go I can have a sheltered beach or I can go for a beach that has um, you know, waves that you can surf in. Not that I can surf, but if I ever want to take it up, I suppose I could. That's uh, not going to happen, though. <laughs> no.
1: But you're Australian. You're supposed to surf, right? That's yeah. The stereotype. yeah. I know, you know.
0: And I'm supposed to know how to swim as well, but I have some kind of qu- weird buoyancy thing where I can't float, so that doesn't work for me.
1: Okay, I'm not going i don't again. know I, just I, like, don't, yeah.
0: no, I don't i have to go to the dead one of these days i'm gonna to go to the dead sea to see if i can actually float apparently everyone can and that'll be you know like thumbs up finally well it's <laughs> on my it's on my bucket list i'm gonna defeat my negative buoyancy i'm gonna i'm gonna do this <laughs> awesome
1: okay so john your hardware
0: okay uh, and your software uh, let's okay. start with your hardware okay um so i have a uh, 2012 macbook air um which I use uh, for both work and for home. It's my my own laptop. The company does provide a uh, Dell Latitude piece of garbage, which, you know, it, it sits on my desk at work in case I ever actually need it, which is practically never, and I'm totally comfortable with that situation. So, yeah, my uh, it's a 13-inch MacBook Air. It's uh, 2 gigahertz on Core i7, and it's got 8 gig of RAM and the 256 gig SSD. And um, yeah, apart from the battery life sort of getting a little bit worse, it's getting uh, it's about almost two years old now or thereabouts. So the battery sort of getting a little bit uh, worse for wear, but it still lasts the duration of the train easily uh, Uh. because I get to use it on the train for forty-five minutes to an hour each way every day, and uh, it it holds up just fine for that. Even if I'm doing because I'll often edit podcasts on the train, and you know it, it holds up fine doing all that stuff. So. Uh, okay, so that's the laptop. Uh, I also have an a Retina iPad Mini, uh, nice. which I which I love to use. It's a uh, it's beautiful. I used to have an i I've had an iPad Air, and I've also had an iPad One, and uh, my kids have iPad Twos predominantly. And honestly, I I love the uh, the Retina iPad Mini. I wasn't sold on the Retina originally. I thought, you know, but who really cares about that? And then I saw a photograph on it, as in a, a high res picture, and that I'd taken on my uh, my iPhone. And when I saw that, and it just sort of, that was sort of the moment for me that it clicked that retina actually mattered at that moment. Because up until that moment, if you're just displaying text, if it's not as fuzzy, I don't really give a crap. I was like, I can read what the letters say. That's what I need. But then I saw a photograph on it, and I'm like, yes, okay, I get it. I like the retina now. So, uh, and finally, my phone is an iPhone 5S. And uh, yeah, it's the gold one. And I stood in line, and I didn't get one. And it took me weeks to get one, but I finally got one. And now, of course, they're common as mud. (laughs) And the whole thing is pointless, but never mind. I love my phone, so there you go. So those are my three bits of hardware that I use. They're all they're all Apple, and yeah, Apple must love me because I've gone and I've given them so much of my money. So yeah, go go Apple, I guess. <laughs>
1: okay, and then your software, like uh, let's do the iPad because that, that's what I'm predominantly interested in.
0: Like any like mm. the stuff you use on your iPad, iPad, the apps. Okay, well the the app that I live in the most on the iPad, to be honest, uh, when I'm doing. Uh, when I'm working, and most of the time lately, I've been working on show notes for Pragmatic because I'll do that on the train as well. Anyway, so um, I live in Pages and I used to use IA Writer, but once Pages sort of became syncing across platform across the different platforms with iCloud Sync and everything, and it started to, to work reliably, I switched to Pages and never looked back. So I use Pages predominantly, I use uh, Tweetbot. Yeah. Um, for, t- for Twitter, because I switch between my devices, so the, the, the syncing between them of my position is absolutely crucial. Um, I also have uh, a newspaper app for the, the local newspaper, which I actually pay a subscription for, so I can actually download and read the newspaper on my iPad, which is uh, far more handy than you might think. Uh, I'm just looking at my home screen and seeing what else I've got on here. I unfortunately have Facebook to keep an eye on what my wife is saying to about, about me on Facebook, which <laughs> you know, is generally positive, generally. Um, mm, those are the main ones. Really, I got one password as well, which, of course, um, you know, and uh, yeah, those are the big ones. So, that's okay. it.
1: Right mm. Okay. And then my last question, which is always the same. Uh, mm-hmm. If you had to pick one physical thing that's not a person, which you know makes sense. Uh, that made an impact on your life, or you know, uh, you felt like it was made for you.
0: Like, what would that be? Well, because I've been listening to um, this podcast, I knew that question was coming, so I've had a chance to think about it. And it's actually a really tif- it's a it's a difficult question, and it's an interesting question because it's not one you ever really get asked. But if I that's to, why
1: like, I ask it.
0: Basically. I know. That's so good. <laughs> so okay, if I had to pick one thing. Uh, I would say it would be my uh, baby grand piano, uh, which was a uh, Kawai uh, GE one A, which was a five foot one um, baby grand. It was um, uh, ebony with. Um, it was just beautiful to play. I uh, I say was past tense. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> so when I when I lived in Calgary, um, I was fortunate. In, in a lot of senses, well, oh, God, that's going to come out really badly. Hang on. Let me rephrase that for a second. Before I had my, my beautiful children um, <laughs> and I had disposable income, uh, I had time on my hands as well. So, you put money and time on your hands into it and you either... I, I, I had time for a hobby and my hobby was you know, you know, learning the piano. So, I, I, I picked up this piano at a, uh, a sale. It was an X-Demo, ex- a display model. And, uh, yeah, so I, I set about to learn the piano. I've been playing on a, uh, a digital uh, piano, which I still have, a Yamaha Clavinova a model. I forget the model number off the top of my head. And it's a full-size keyboard, full-size digital piano with weighted keys, but it's nothing compared to a grand. Once you play a grand piano, it's hard to go back to anything else. The key weighting is just beautiful. And, yeah, I would just spend hours and hours and hours every week just just playing the piano. And, when I left to come back to Australia, it was extremely emotional for me because I had I couldn't bring in the piano with me. And because, you know, it would have cost more to ship it. Oh, okay, maybe it wouldn't have, but it would have cost a heck of a lot of money to ship it home. And the climate is so different. So, people don't realize that, you know, a grand piano or any piano, uh, the soundboard is is essentially, you will, if you're in a dry climate, then... The piano would stay; it should stay in a dry climate. And if it doesn't, it needs to be in a temperature and, and more, just as importantly, a uh, humidity controlled environment. Otherwise, the soundboard will swell. The moisture will get into the wood, and it changes the characteristics of the soundboard. So, if you were to get the same piano but built for you know Australia, because the majority of people in Australia have got uh, will live by the coastline where the humidity is much much higher. If you take some a piano from a dry climate into a moist climate, then that will very quickly destroy the piano. So, I knew that I couldn't take it with me, and that was very difficult to let go of that. So, and I, I often look back wistfully and, and, and think about and, and, and wish that I had another one. Maybe one day I will, but it's going to be a while, I would expect. <laughs> that
1: is an uh, awesome answer. And I guess that explains the. Uh, what, what, what do you have, Mozart, or who do you have for the pragmatic uh, song,
0: I guess? Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, that's Beethoven, that's fairly. Late.
1: Oh, Beethoven, I okay, so Yeah, I classical I just know what the the Samuel Barber Adagio for Strings. I love that one. And Fair that's enough. that's pretty much it. Cool. Uh, J- John, this is it. I think yeah. That's this it. This is Yeah, that, that 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 you you've been on Storming Water or Apparatus, if, you know, for the Slovenian listeners. So. Oh, okay. Cool. That's what the show's called in Slovenia. So. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, Yeah. Uh, thank you, man. Thank, thank, thank you thank for doing you. this.
0: Yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on.